I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D-Mendy here, joined as always by Johnny Foosball, John Van Etten. John, is Diamondback Pizza the 1.01 of pizzas in Baltimore? It is. You have to get it. They just released their new summer menu. And don't say anything about free ads, Brad. I'm giving them a free ad. Don't worry. <laughs> Pizza's okay. They're, they're, they should be endorsed, so that's why I wanted to start off with them there. Of course, we're also joined by someone who likes to tweet about picking one thing and one thing only. It's Doc, Eric Mendelson. What's going on? What's the one thing I tweet about? No, no, it's, it's always like pick one of these things if you're real or like pick which one of these represents you. It's always those. Are oh, always so, oh, sorry. I'm good at interaction, David. Sounds like there's some jealousy. I <laughs> uh, just always it's always picking one thing. It's never picking two. So I just maybe you should change it up a little bit. Uh, but of course, <laughs> rounding out the normal crew is the guy who always likes the over. It's the Brad Stradamus, Brad Kilgore. What's going on? When did I ever talk about the over? Didn't you do that you on the most recent... monkey knife fight? Yeah, the monkey knife fight show. You pick oh. over on all the props. <laughs> I mean, it is true. I just didn't know that I've I've come out and said I always go with the over. But you can't you can't root for the under. There's no way to watch a game. I mean, when you're an astute watcher of your monkey knife fight shows, it's when you pick up on those things. And you hit, didn't you? You were right about all of them, weren't you? I'm always right, Davey. Oh, there we go. That's <laughs> why you're the Brastradamus. But uh, he, he doesn't just pick the right. He doesn't just pick overs. He just picks the right answers, David. That's the difference. <laughs> there you Ooh. go. There That's you go. Good. Well, I got to introduce our guest here, a very special guy here. We welcome in a man that lives by three words. And those three words are fire content only. The creator of Real Deal Fantasy, you can catch this guy barbecuing, spitting hot fire on the TikTok, or talking about his Rams. Fellas, we ain't running with the sheep anymore out here, as we have now entered part of the wolf pack. Yes, we, we welcome in. <laughs> That's right. LQ in the house. What's going on, man? What's up, bros? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to rock, talk Rams, fantasy football, of course, man. I'm glad you guys are having me on, man. I'm very appreciative you thought of me. So I'm ready to rock and roll whenever you are. Hey, man, we're real appreciative of you. We've uh, obviously kind of we've seen each other's content for a while. We share each other's content. Your stuff is obviously fire content. Uh, so uh, it's, it's just been a fun watching you grow and, and you know, you running in the, the fantasy industry, how you're doing it. And um, so I'm curious. How long have you been in the fantasy game? Because you've built up quite a YouTube following. Uh, all the all your socials have like nice nice following. So, when did it all start for you? Um, I would say I took it serious probably two years ago. But I've been doing this overall for like close to four years. So, the first year one was tough because it was only Facebook. It was just very toxic in the Facebook groups. And then I made an <laughs> Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. So. The journey has not been easy. It's it's been a struggle. It's really been you know crazy. But I landed in Twitter. I ended up activating like one of my Twitters I had after college and actually during college, and then started growing from there. So I had to do like a little social media sweep, you know, back in 2015, make sure I wasn't talking crazy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank God I was keeping it clean. But uh, yeah, so it, it's it's been a journey, man. It, it's been a while, but I'm happy to be where I'm at now and always looking to hit the moon so there we are 
Always level Nobody's up. Nobody's been man. listening to some Elon Musk. <laughs> hey, a little plug in. That's where I work, man. I'm a Tesla mechanic, so I got to plug in Elon whenever I can. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Again, obviously, does great work. You've had great guests on your show. Uh, you're now doing a show right now with Troy and Marcus G, right? The comic book show. Yes. Be on the lookout for that. We got some great content coming out of there. It's like really cool to walk, work with Troy. Obviously, work with Marcus as well to make this a whole series, a whole podcast. So, this is going to be dope, man. You got to be on the lookout for that. LQ, oh, yeah. LQ, I've been getting into a little bit of anime this year. What's oh, the yeah. what's the next what's the next show I should be watching? Man, so my my buddy put me on uh, Seven Deadly Sins, and then I'm that's on uh, Netflix, right? Yeah, I'm starting okay. Hunter x Hunter, so that's one of the ones that went under the radar for me. So my those boy are told me to watch that one. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I can't watch a whole bunch of stuff at once because I'll just end up getting lost and then I'll end sure. up stopping and then won't come back until like a year later. So I got to do right things on. one or two at a time. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm glad we're going to stop there because Brad will easily turn this into a TV show movie <laughs> podcast if I don't rein him in real quick. I'm a big so. movie bus. I'm a big movie bus. <laughs> so if there's ever... We, we got I, a new guest for the movie minutes, Brad. I was about to say, me and Johnny do a movie minutes, man. We got to have you on. That sounds good. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a packed show with LQ joining us today. We have our NFC West preview as our division previews again are now in our second week here. First was NFC East. Now we're in the NFC West here. And we're hoping to make them spectacular. So that's why we're bringing on these guests just like LQ to help us break down these divisions and these fantasy relevant players. So you know whether you should stay away from these rising or falling stars, the rookie impacts that they're going to give you players to keep that sharp eye on your drafts, all that good stuff coming your way soon. Make sure to stay tuned for that. After we'll go to our question of the week, which NFL player do you think has bars if you gave him a beat? And as always, we have our game revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started. No. Then, man. No. We're here to do it for you. Let's do it. Yeah. Love that we have my guy Danny Woodhead to end it. Danny yeah, Woodhead, gotta, it's Austin Eckler. Oh my god, you're right. We gotta right. mellow out. We gotta mellow out that music, man. <laughs> you said you it's were too high dress, energy. You said you were gonna dress like Gene Simmons when we debuted that today. Yeah, <laughs> I should have got my uh, my kiss makeup. Which which guitar hero was that from? It was a free beat that I found online. I don't even know if that's a real song. Smart man. <laughs> Smart man, Twitter's been on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's great. Down. <laughs> it's a great video, though. Who did that? Mike Mike Kirkland? Mike Kirkland, and thank you. I want to give him another shout-out. I gave him one last night, too. Mike mm-hmm. Kirkland did our baseball and our football, and he's going to do our basketball one next. He's just a wizard with any all, anything video. Uh, so you got to hit him up if you need some video stuff done. Cause no nice one work, Mike. Up. So do we have to cut a check to Players, Inc., like DeMar Smith said, because we're using ah, the players? Ah, there we go. I like it. We're gonna keep that hidden from him. But let's let's get to some news and notes here. Let's start off with the the Falcons and Mr. Julio Jones, who's been dominating the headlines over recent weeks. It's now being reported that they've been offered more than one first round pick for multiple teams here, uh, according to ESPN's Diana Rossini. So I'm curious, guys. It seems like half the league isn't on him. Uh, I'm not even gonna list all the teams because we'd be here all night. So LQ, I'm gonna start with you here. Ultimately, it sounds like he's going to get traded maybe this week or next week. Where is he going? Uh, he's going to Tennessee, man. It, it's the best fit. Honestly, don't see him going anywhere else. He wants to win. I really feel like, you know, the Titans are competitors in that division, the competitors, you know, in general. But if he really, really wants to win, my dream situation will probably be the Buffalo Bills. I'm just saying. But I know he's going to Tennessee. It's just the right fit for him. And obviously, you know, A.J. Brown has been doing some recruiting and willing to change his number. So, hey, just play it safe. I agree. Can you imagine Tannehill with Julio and A.J. Brown? 
I mean, is Tannehill a top 10 QB at that point? Like, Can you imagine three yeah. years ago starting that sentence with, can you imagine Tannehill with yeah. anyone? I can't believe that's. I can't believe that's a converted wide receiver, man. He really, I don't know if there's ever been like a success story like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think about it, A&M, that he was doing that type of stuff. So, uh, Brad, I want to go to you next. Where is he going? Yeah. um, I think, you know, the team has to be close enough to contending for a championship that they don't really need a first rounder to continue to build out the team. They also probably need to be in the AFC. So there's probably like a list of eight teams, like the Cards, the Bills, the Ravens, Chiefs, Chargers, Rams, Dolphins, Titans. Uh, my personal favorite landing spot for him would be the Ravens, just because I'd Ooh. like to see what that offense would look like when you have a bona fide number one and two speedy alternative targets. So I honestly think that offense would be better than the Chiefs because they'd have the firepower to Brad, come back stop. in games. Well, listen, they'd have the firepower to come back in games that they're down. But they'd also be able to control the clock better, and, they're gonna and they wouldn't rely on back. gimmicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling, like, that's where, like, where's the hole in that offense if they have Julio Jones? Like, I, I don't know that I could find it because they're they're running their running game is going to be way better than the Chiefs, and if you can control the clock and you can come back in games, uh, that's that's a scary sight, man. Yeah, Doc, like do you agree with it? Are you all in on the Ravens if he goes there? So you asked this question last week, and I said the Chiefs, and I feel like I have to stick with it. They could include a, a young wide receiver. I think they don't really need their first-round picks because they're later. I mean, they're kind of yeah. tied with Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They have their foundation for the future, and I think especially after losing a Super Bowl, I mean, they're contenders year in, year out. So if he really wants to win, maybe he takes a pay cut. Maybe Kansas City is going to just offer future first-round picks that they wouldn't have used anyway, but... I, I hope will I'm say, wrong. I will but, say but this. for Julio, who says no. <laughs> Every Kansas City Chiefs fan. <laughs> I will tell you this, that he's not going to Kansas City. They pretty much shut that down because we don't have the money to pay him. And I know they say the salary oh, caps are real. They say it's that's a myth, but when Brett uh, Beach has come out and said it, like I could see, I could see, uh, I could see Mahomes like converting his salary next year to a signing bonus, and then boom, they've got an extra twenty million. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I just because uh, just because a GM says no, like if he says yes, then that's tampering. Exactly. If he goes to Kansas City, I'll do something on air that I don't even know what. There's no chance he's going to Kansas City. Jump uh, off your window on air. I jump off my window. I mean, <laughs> you don't want me Let's coming back alive. on the podcast. Sure. Yeah. No, 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 no. You, you, you'll stay alive. You'll stay alive. You're, know, you're too fit. Fuck and roll. Aim for the bushes. Fit. I'm on the yeah. third floor. It's kind of like that's the hit or miss territory. Yeah, um, it's either broken legs or you're, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other bit of news I wanted to get here, here is the Jaguars, of course, signed Tim Tebow earlier this month. We talked oh, about yeah. it a little bit. But apparently right now, he's not just competing for a spot at tight end. They're talking about using him in the Taysom Hill Wildcat quarterback type of role, too, where he's going to cast patches at tight end, but he's also going to be playing behind center some, too. Does this sound like he's this chance now he might make the roster based off this? Is I just I want to address this nonsense that Taysom Hill has somehow carved out a niche appearing in five plays (laughs) in in a game. (laughs) This is somehow like a bona fide position that players should aim for now to be Taysom Hill. Like, I don't get it. Cut it out. Apparently, apparently it gets you paid, man. (laughs) Imaginary money. money. Taysom Hill ain't ever seeing that money in that contract. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Ever. It was such a weird deal. Speaking uh, of the cap being imaginary, that Taysom Hill contract is imaginary. Yep. <laughs> How much has he actually made, like, to in his career at this point? Uh, it has to be this It's probably. Oh, I mean, what's it, like ten million? I'll say less than ten. Probably less. Less. Than I'll 10. look that up. For, I'll look that up later on. I think uh, he's made close to twenty mil, actually. No way. To, a, to appear for five plays a game in a Tyson and a Taysom Hill like why am I not signed? Unbelievable. Yeah, David, I'll, I'll look it up while you transition. Thank you, thank you. Uh, before we get to the plug, we are giving away some uh, spot in the Scott Fish Bowl tonight. Scott Fish was very, very generous and kind to give us a chance to auction off one of the spots in the Scott Fish Bowl. We got ten people donating to get in. All you had to do was donate to the Humane Society of the United States. 
we actually reached nearly $150 donations in the last 24 hours. So that was insanely awesome for everybody that donated. We will be doing that after the question of the week before we get to the game. I have a the 100-yard rush game set up, so whoever player gets to the end first will win. So we'll we'll get to that later on. But appreciate everybody that donated for a great cause, and I hope uh, I wish all of you guys could get in. But as of right now, it's just one. So we'll make sure we show that on air. And I'll make sure I message whoever wins, obviously, if they're not watching the show. So all right. With that said. If you like what you're hearing so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcasts. If you want to hear more Triple Play, great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and basketball show that you can check out, available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, make sure you hook the boys up with a five-star rating and review to support the show. Check us out on all social media at Triple Play Fantasy and our website, TripPlayFantasy.com. You'll see tons of articles, videos, podcasts, Tons of mini YouTube series, including the movie minutes, of course, from those two gentlemen over there. Plenty of stuff to go check out if you want to. Any, anything that tickles your fancy, we got it. But I want you to know, if you're looking for a podcast that will make you giggle like you were in the third grade 20 years ago, then look no further than this podcast right here. Because I'm telling you, we might just change your life. And if you're watching the live version, we're not going anywhere. But if you're on the podcast version, we're going to jump into the NFC East pre, uh, NFC. West Preview, excuse me, right after this quick break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. David, your segues make me giggle. <laughs> that was the goal, man. That was the goal. Uh, all right. So the NFC West Division preview. It's a very fun division. Some high-scoring teams, exciting players in this division. Uh, we're going to start, obviously, at the quarterback spot. LQ, we're going to go right to these Rams. Wait, got- wait. Speaking of quarterbacks, can I tell you how much Taysom Hill has made? Oh, yes. Oh, go ahead. So prior to this season, he has $10.5 million in career earnings, but assuming he makes the Saints week one, he'll have made $22.6 million in his career. <laughs> Ooh, that's a jump. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he has, he has, he has a 10 or $11 million signing bonus and then a million guaranteed in salary. So he's making wow. big this year. That's insane. Right. You want to shoot for dreams, shoot for like Taysom Hill. There you go. <laughs> All right, so starting off with quarterback, starting off with the L.A. Rams, you got Matt Stafford, who's new in town. Last year with the Detroit Lions, he was the 15th-ranked quarterback, just under 17 points per game. He's now with Sean McVay in a translucent offense that has more weapons than he's probably had in any year in Detroit, maybe except outside the Calvin Johnson years. I'm sorry. Yeah, what, is translucent trans- is translucent the word you were going for. I don't know. Just go, just go. You, you know, just to go with things on this show. You're uh, stupid, David. Respect, power through it. No worries. He's right now QB eleven going in redraft. He's been going as high as six and as low as eighteen. He's right now projected for about forty five hundred yards and twenty six passing touchdowns. LQ, does that sound about right for him? Too high, too low. What are you expecting for Mister Matt Stafford? Forty six sounds like right, and I think. You know, with the touchdowns, it might be between 26 and 30. I, I can deal with that. But Stafford is going to be amazing this year. He has a top five defense, which it's been a very long time since he had that. He has a running back that's going to be able to run the ball, hit the holes, and actually score. Then he has a head coach that is actually an offensive genius. So McVay is getting the guy where he doesn't have to hold their hand and tell them to play, how to read defenses while the game's going on. What are you doing, Jarek off? But yeah, there's that. So I definitely think, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on Matthew Stafford. Everybody's saying he's old, he's broken, et cetera, et cetera. Big Ben is broken, okay? And old, he's the same age as Russell Wilson. So use that same narrative for that. You know what I mean? Like, don't try to say he's old and broken when we clearly have examples of people that are old and broken are still playing. Big Ben, there you go. But I definitely think, you know, people are going to be very happy that they're going to be able to grab Matthew Stafford in those later rounds. So I'm all for it. Can I be a Matthew Stafford hater if I'm also a Big Ben hater? 
Uh, <laughs> God, I, I'm putting him in two different categories because I think Big Ben is about to re- retire after one more year. Matthew Stafford, they just came out today and they said they expect him for another six or seven years. Uh, okay. <laughs> Matthew Stafford has more injuries, though, that I feel like we actually talk about. Like, be like, oh, he has three fractures in his back. Oh, he's probable for something. He's literally the toughest player in the NFL. Players, he did have that cool play where he, like, broke his ribs and then called timeout just so he could come back in and throw a touchdown. Yeah, or a two-point conversion. conversion. It was something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, that whole thing, the whole narrative about that is crazy. I really think, you know, people at first when the trade went on, they were comparing Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. Like, is he much better? Hell, yeah, he's much better. Like, Clearly, he has heart. Like, there's a lot of times where I see golf running for the first down, and he slides right before the first down. There's times where he has yeah. the read. He has the guy open to make that, you know, money shot. He doesn't take it. He hesitates, gets sacked. There's plenty of times we've seen this on film. He has no heart. I, I'm sorry to say he just doesn't have a heart. He doesn't have football IQ, and it is what it is. So Detroit's going to struggle. Rams are going to win. <laughs> Savage mode. I love it. Uh, LQ – is it crazy to say he could sneak into the top 10, like the ninth or 10th best quarterback this year? Is that too high? Uh, I got to be, I got to be real, man. I, I really feel like he'll be sitting at that 12th spot and you'll still be happy about the value that you get out of him. And honestly, as a fan, I don't like to down talk my guys. You know, I, I love Tyler Higby, but it's never going to be Tyler Higby season. So that whole <laughs> thing needs to just stop, but I just hate doing it. But, to be real, though, Stafford has a potential of like a, a bounce back season and he could end up being a top 12, you know, quarterback. So I'll stick with 12, not inside 10. It's just too many okay. mobile quarterbacks. Oh, like to your point, like I, I love what you said about the defense. I think that might, you know, that might mean that he's going to be a better real life quarterback than a fantasy quarterback because he's not going to mm-hmm. be in those shootout games, you know. Yeah, but he's also going to be in a high power offense. I mean, they were yeah. averaging 32 points, you know, in 2017. And when we had, I mean, 2018, when we had Brandon Cooks. So it's like with that formula, like how high power that offense is, it's going to be great for fantasy. I think golf was like one of the most underrated, you know, players in 2018. He ended up being a top 12 quarterback as well. So it's yeah. like yeah, fantasy and real life. It, it both works in that offense when you have a head coach like Sean McVay. That's true. I agree. Let's go to you next, uh, Doc, because we're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks a little bit here. Russell Wilson, QB6 at about 23.3 points yeah. per game this season. But it's a tale of two halves with this guy. As week one through seven, he was the number one quarterback, averaging over 30 points a game. But from week eight on, he was QB10. Seattle changed their whole offensive game, it seems, as his attempts went down three and a half per game uh, from the first half to the second half of the year. I have him right now. It's about QB seven. He's ranked like QB six on fantasy pros. So it's right in that range. I don't see Pete Carroll ever letting Russ cook fully in a year, even if he teases it sometimes. Is that going to be the case in 2021? So I actually think it's going to be the year that we see Russ cook for the whole season. Hopefully he had his most passing attempts in 2020, the highest completions percentage, his most touchdowns he had with 40, also his most interceptions with 13. Uh, but he's going to add some mobility as well. He uh, had 513 rushing yards. The O-line isn't good. What you had mentioned about the passing, in the first eight games, he threw for 300-plus yards and five out of eight, and after that, zero out of eight. But this is really the first time we've heard turmoil coming out of Seattle where he's not yeah. happy. And I think they want to avoid a situation where Green Bay is with Aaron Rodgers right now, with Houston is with Deshaun Watson, where it's you've really – screwed me over so bad there's no way I'm coming back and I think this was Russell Wilson's warning I think they got Eskridge to give him another passing option so I really do think that they let him cook the entire year I forgot he was like inches away from being traded like at the beginning of the offseason like that was like the Aaron Rodgers rumor like he's gone and now Aaron Rodgers isn't gone either (laughs) Eric I gotta say that fantasy analysis stop trying to make fetch happen it's not going to happen was not very fetch i'm gonna say that uh no i kidding. thought that was somebody whispering into your mic I that too. I never, <laughs> who is that? it was the it was the uh the fetch thing from uh yeah. mean girl no mean girl, I, I, I picked up on it after a second but at first i thought I we like, got like zoom this? hacked or something <laughs> for real I'm you guys really. know my soundboard by now but but david it doesn't it doesn't feel good talking up any seahawk okay I you know it. that they're your mortal enemies i, I get mean, it i get it to add wait, wait, L- LQ, LQ, 
Are the uh, Seahawks the team you hate most in the division? Uh, no. I think I hate the 49ers now. It used to be. It used to be. It used to be. But we beat, you know, the Seahawks, you know, beat their ass all the time. So there's that. But you guys still beat their ass the 49ers, all the time. The 49ers have our number. I don't know what it is, man. But It's all right. The Seahawks have our number. It's transitive property. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> John, let's go to you next. Let's let's talk about the those 49ers, those pesky 49ers that nobody likes, and that I'm upset there's two of them in our intro here. Uh, last year, obviously, you had Jimmy Garoppolo, who only played in six games, has injuries hampered his entire career at this point. He was QB 39 in terms of points per game when he was healthy. It's obviously a matter of when and not if Trey Lance takes over, whether it's this season or next year. I'm assuming it'll probably be sometime this year, but... Trey Lance in his last full college season threw 28 touchdowns, no picks, and ran for 1,100 yards. So there's a lot of potential there. Uh, either of those guys that you want to talk about that you feel good about for this year for fantasy? No, because I I pretty much had this as a steer clear of both of them because you're you're not going to get a full time quarterback for, for the and this season. is for, for to me emphasize this is for redraft purposes. Yeah. Dynasty yeah, obviously Trey Lance is different. Yeah, but you know Jimmy Garoppolo is I believe he's most likely going to start. You know, at least week one going into the season, Eric, you can hop in if I'm incorrect, but you know he's bound to get hurt or benched before the season's over, and then it's it's Trey Lance season. But I I don't know if you're gonna you're not gonna want to hang around and hold him on your bench for you know 11 weeks, hoping he somehow gets the start at some point. So it's it's definitely a steer clear situation. I would say it's like week seven. I think Jimmy has that's a short nice leash. I'd have to see when their their buy is because that's always when they do these things. I feel but like. I mean, but yeah. chances are Jimmy won't even make it to week seven before getting hurt. So yeah, I would, I would, I would. You're not going to stash, stash Lance. Lance. You you'd stash a roster spot for eight weeks, hoping yes. that they'll get the start. No. Yes, no. after seeing after seeing what Jalen Hurts did to me yeah. in the playoffs last year, I, I won't let that, that. I won't. I won't let that happen to me again. <laughs> You sound very Herbert. You're able to get Herbert off of waivers in like week three, though. I mean, that might be the same situation. Honestly, I'm not excited about you know you know Jimmy G about him coming in as a starter, but honestly, Trey Lance, I would rather him sit this entire year just to learn the game. He has a full year of you know OTAs preseason now. A lot of rookies last season didn't have the opportunity, so I think he really should just sit behind Jimmy G. Soaking all the offense and then be ready to. Am I so soaking the knowledge from anyone other than Jimmy Garoppolo? (laughs) Oh yeah, no offense. (laughs) Am I the only one that? (laughs) Am I the only one that thinks he might start the season straight up? Ah, would be. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say it's crazy. I wouldn't like it though. To be honest, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like. Yeah, I think give him at least a couple games to like it watch Jimmy Garoppolo on the field, let him study live game action. I, I hope that's what they would do as well. And I'm not a Niners fan or anything, but yeah. for his development, uh, Brad, let's go to you. And I know why you wanted to take the Cardinals. You want to talk about your guy here, Mr. Kyler Murray, who one of the few people that I saw actually ranking Kyler Murray, number one last year, when everybody was kind of having him as that QB five or, or in the, around that range, finished as QB two. But he would have been QB1 probably if he hadn't got hurt. He was behind only Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen in terms of points per game for quarterbacks that played at least 15 games. He just finished shy of 4,000 passing yards with 26 touchdowns, but he also rushed for 819 yards and 11 touchdowns on the ground. Right now, he's going as QB3, according to Fantasy Pros, around 34th overall, projected to get about 27 passing touchdowns and eight rushing touchdowns. What do you think, Brad? Is he back at QB1? Yeah, no, you mentioned it. Uh, his ADP is at about three right now. And to be honest, that's fine with me. Um, I could go as high as number one and as low as maybe five or six. To me, the only downside is projections are that, you know, I think he's got a revamped running game and another year with D-Hop. So, you know, I think there should be a better team this year, which likely means less game script positive, like fourth quarter throwing barrages that he had last year. So they'll probably do a better job of, you know, controlling the clock and less air raid. Um, and even if the downside plays out, Murray's an elite option at QB. And wherever you draft him, you're not going to be disappointed unless he you know, gets hurt. Um, and also, shout out to Colt McCoy. I, I found out he's <laughs> Kyler Murray's backup, which is wild to me. I don't know why they decided to go that route, but good for him. Yeah, it's all backup. I'm not going to hate on that. 
Let's go to the running backs. Sometimes it's going to get interesting now. Let's start off back with the Rams here. Cam Akers, you got Daryl Henderson backing him up, but at least for Cam Akers, he played in 12 games last year. He finished his RB42, around 7.5 points a game. But from week 12 to 17, those five games that he played in, he was RB18 in PPR. There's top five upside there with Akers. I think some people like to tease that. Some people are kind of staying away from that high price. Given that small sample size and big workload, he got down the stretch. Right now he's RB10, according to Fantasy Pros, LQ. Is that just about right for Akers? Uh, yeah. Uh, running back 10, I really feel like I'm in a weird space about Cam Akers, to be 100% honest, because like his price in redraft right now is a little expensive for my taste. But if you're going to go ahead and invest that high on Cam Akers, you definitely want to get the handcuff on Henderson because he's going to be just as involved. So we both seen Henderson and Cam Akers, you know, take some injuries early in the season. They were luckily saved by Malcolm Brown, the veteran there that knows the playbook, et cetera, et cetera. They don't have Malcolm Brown this year. So if one or the other goes down, it might look ugly. You're going to feel a little shitty not having one or the other being a handcuff or that high investment you're going to have on acres. So like I'm in a weird space to where I might not buy acres, but if he gets to a good situation in the draft and I already have my RB one, he's my RB two. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take him, but I really think he's going to have a good year in real life football though. It's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities for him with Matthew Stafford. And Hey, we saw the wildcat got brung out, you know, with cam makers as well. So that lets me know that Sean McVay likes cam makers to be the one a in that situation. So it's definitely the future's bright for him. Do you think that Daryl Henderson's just enough of a problem where it's going to be, just stressful every single week to play acres? Or do you think it's going to be more of like a, uh, not necessarily like a, a Dalvin cook, Alexander Madison or a Zeke, Tony Pollard, but, uh, but it, where it's going to be enough to be annoying where you're just not wanting the headache. I can see it being where, you know, cam makers will still get his 15 to 20 touches. You're just going to be a little annoyed in the red zone when it comes to Henderson, he gets his eight touches and five of them are in the red zone. You're going to like, why, why is that <laughs> happening? But we shall see. I'm not yeah, too be sure. Yeah. To watch that play out. Uh, let's go now. Let's, John, I want to go to you next. Let's talk about the 49ers and that just absolute mess of a backfield. You have Raheem Mostert <laughs> as the starter. Jeff Wilson did get hurt. He might go on the pup list, so he might help clear it for some people. You got the gall man back there who's the, the fourth man. Uh, and everybody knows that from Adam last week. And then, obviously, Trey Sermon, who's the rookie, that's kind of the really intriguing part of this backfield. Raheem Mostert, the highest of the group, is RB48 last year, around 12.5 points a game. Seems like any running back you put in Shanahan's system is going to succeed. So most likely, whoever gets the most playing time is going to be worth whatever their draft price is. So I'm curious, do you do you like Raheem Mostert this year where he's going? Uh, Trey Sermon, obviously, he's a little bit less or more down the list here. And he could be, I mean, if he upsurps Mostert, he's going to be an incredible value. Do you see like a 50-50 timeshare from them? Do you think it's a, like a 75-25 to, or 75-15-10 split? What do you think about this backfield? Because I'm already getting messed up just talking about it, honestly. Don't, don't, don't worry, David. I, I triple-checked those numbers for you that did add up to 100. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I was nervous. <laughs> But um, I mean, this is almost you almost want to say steer clear of this backfield. But at the same time, you know, whoever plays is actually going to do fantastic. So it, it makes it worth the risk, in my opinion. I've, I've loved Raheem Mostert for a while, but the issue is now he's he's almost 30 and that seems to be a roadblock. And he's obviously had his injury history. So I do think that, you know, Trey Sermon can kind of be a, a sneaky pick in later rounds, even though he's just climbing up people's draft boards. The, the longer it goes on. But I still think at this point in time, you know, he can still be a sneaky pickup late uh, that'll end up taking the the lion's share 55-45 maybe, or maybe 55-25-20. Now <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting fancy. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be something. The 49ers fan on this show, do you agree with everything said or do you think Sermon will become the guy sooner well, rather than later? Goldman's Goldman's a... A career backup, so I think we need to remove him from the equation a little bit. So you mm-hmm. didn't include Kyle Yuschek, because Kyle Yuschek is going to get some work. They they restructured his deal. He'll probably steal a couple carries and, and a some Hill like role. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think if I think if Gallman makes the team, he's going to have the Jeff Wilson role where he's the short yardage back, uh, kind of the red zone back as well. 
I think Raheem Mostert's actually going to turn into more of a pass catching back. The jet, the Jarek McKinnon role that, you know, they had originally signed him to. I think Sermon gets a decent amount of carries from the jump. I think Mostert probably starts 50, 30 to Sermon, 20 to Gallman. Okay. And by which week is Trey Sermon the lead ball carrier? Uh, it rotates each week. Yeah. He's going to be the lead carrier in weeks three, seven. That's how eight, it is. I'm trying, whatever, whenever I, whenever people ask me who should I take in the 49ers draft, I say whoever you don't think is it's is going to win the job is going to. And it would be it would be oh. easy just to not draft a single one of them if they all weren't going to do so well at certain points in time. <laughs> the the reason I don't think Sermon is going to get that huge role right away is because Kyle Shanahan's outside zone blocking scheme it takes a lot to to know, especially with pass protection that's huge for him, and he typically doesn't have rookies start right away. Yeah, LQ, are you on that page as well? Uh, yeah, I really feel like it's going to be very toxic to try to figure out who's going to be the guy this week, that week, et cetera, et cetera. I definitely think they like Mostert. I definitely agree that he'll probably be more involved in the passing game as well because a lot of people forget he actually requested to get traded. So they like him. They want him to stay. So, therefore, he's going to get his workload and probably see Sermon around week 10. That's like probably like – around the time we could see him starting to get a more heavier, you know, workload once, you know, everybody else is hurt or just out of the way. So we shall figure that out. Yeah, I agree. Brad, we're going to go to you next. Uh, apparently got to get Hugh Julio to uh, Seattle just for you guys. <laughs> How toxic is Jordan? Oh my God. <laughs> I love Jordan. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 if Julio goes to Seattle, man, sheesh. I'll hate That's to meet definitely the, the most, the most jacked wide receiving core in the league. It, it uh, won't matter anyway. It's clamps, Ramsey season, and Aaron Donald. Yeah. Rattles, go to you, Nick. Let's talk about the Cardinals' backfield. And I, Eric, I'm going to include you in this after Brad talks because I know your number one favorite running back in the league is included here. <laughs> Chase Edmonds was RB25 at 10.5 points per game. James Conner was RB27 at 12.7 points per game. Is this a 50 50 backfield split? Uh, or is one. Is is uh, Connor just going to be the the running guy first and second down, and Jace Edmonds third down back? Brad, what the heck are we doing with this backfield? Yeah, I think this is going to be kind of a maddening position for a lot of owners. You know, I, I think it's going to be a situation much like Tampa's was this past year. I think you're going to have you know two RB ones and Chase Edmonds and James Connor. You know, whoever gets the hot hand will have a majority of the carries that week. I don't think it's going to be a specific you know goal line back either. Um, they were 25 and 26 respectively last year, so they've got plenty in the tank. Uh, they were also RB28 and RB24 last year. So I think that's you know right around where I'd rank them this year since they're going to cannibalize each other's carries. Um, at the end of the day, if you're rostering one of them, I think it's a valid strategy to make sure you have the other, like you're, you're going to want a handcuff. Um, if another injury happens... One of them is probably going to catapult into like a top 10 option in any given week. So um, just because that offense is so explosive. So I honestly, they're a backfield I would target, but only if I could get them both. And, you know, Benjamin will not be a factor, do you think? I don't think so. He's he's probably like if you like if, if there's an injury that happens, like he's going to take the backup roles, but it's going to be a lead back in that situation. All right, fair enough. The last team here that everybody likes talking about, Seattle. You got Chris Carson, and then you got a collection of Rashad Penny, Travis Homer, DJ Dallas. I think this is probably one of the most clear backfields, at least to me. Chris yeah. Carson, RB19 in points, uh, uh, points per game. Uh, or I'm sorry, he's 19 in total points, fringe top 10 in points per game last season. He's fresh off a two-year $14.6 million deal given to him, so he should be the guy in Seattle, I would expect again. Penny probably get some backup role stuff. Homer is a pass catching back. DJ Dallas, I could imagine being inactive a lot of weeks. But he has the coolest name of the group. He does. I, he does for sure. Uh, but in a world of running back by committee, I feel like, again, if you were to rank backfields, I would probably put this one in the top 10. As certain, I know when Chris Carson's healthy, he's going to lead that backfield. He's rushed for 3,270 yards and 21 touchdowns over the last 45 games. He's currently going as 
the 20th running back off the board, which I feel like is about right. I have him around RB19. So it's, again, right in that range. Anything you guys disagree with, do you think this backfield's going to get messy, or is it Carson and then just a handcuff? I actually think Chris Carson starts declining a little bit this year. He has seven. First of all, he's a very physical runner. He has 715 career carries, and I look at the running backs around that mark. Jeremy Hill, Tevin Coleman. You oh, know, people God, that, don't say Jeremy Hill. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying I'm Jerry, surprised not, Jeremy Hill has that many carries. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, 715 isn't a lot. He's 26 years old, which is old for a running back. Older. He no, missed. He'll, he'll probably miss two to four games. 26 is older for a running back. Carlos Hyde at 81 last year. So I think that backup role is, is really there. I just see with his, his running style. I just don't know if he can do another year of 200 plus touches. We'll see. LQ, what do you think? I think he could hit that 200 mark. I I really feel like, like he said, he's a, he's a downhill runner. He, he plays big. So injury is going to be there. So investing on Carson, he's going to miss two to four games. So you just have to, Grab that backup. That backup is going to exist. And the Carlos Hyde, he, he did an okay job. There were some weeks you were looking at him like, why is he touching the ball? But he was being very efficient when he touched the ball. So Carlos Hyde is a, is a good running back. So thank God he's gone and he's going to be giving James Robinson hell. But I definitely think that backup matters there. So you definitely can put him on your watch list or you can just grab him off waivers when that one week Chris Carson's out. Pick him up and go. What do y'all think about Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell? Do you think they'll end up anywhere? No. Oh, they do. Uh, they'll end up somewhere. I said Gurley taking that visit to Detroit. I don't know. I don't, it's not like he got signed or anything, but it's the fact that Detroit is looking for running backs or taking visits from running backs when we just sign one and we want Swift <laughs> to get max touches. So it's just weird. But if Gurley does sign there, I think that'll be a good spot for him. He'll be the red zone guy, which will you know hinder Swift. But Le'Veon Bell, I don't know. I think it would be perfect in a place like Seattle. Todd Gurley, yeah, <laughs> he's got that the would, same. He's got the same running style as Carson. That'd be toxic. I'll be pissed off every game. <laughs> yeah, but he, he but he has degenerative knees. All right, All right we got to exactly. move on. So Let's move on to up. the the pass catchers here. Let's go back to the Rams, and they've got a lot of great pass catchers. They got Robert Woods and Cooper Cup leading the group here. Robert Woods was our wide receiver fourteen last year, going as wide receiver twenty this year. Cooper Cup was wide receiver 46 going as wide receiver 22. Higby's by himself at the tight end position. Obviously, Van Jefferson and uh, and uh, Tutu Atwell are both there. Don't know if uh, that's anything relevant this year or not. What can we expect from the relevant pass catchers of the Rams here, LQ? I'm glad that you said Tutu is not going to be relevant this year, which is a very good very good saying there because he's just going to jet people <laughs> to death, and it's not really going to happen if you remember – Tavon Austin, that didn't work well. So he's going to be on special teams. So he's not a non-factor. But I believe it's Van Jefferson's season for the simple fact mm. the flashes he gave us in the playoff game against the Packers. That was like everything I wanted to happen. Like from week 13 up to that playoff game, slowly but surely, it's just been increasing, increasing his snaps. So I definitely think, you know, Van Jefferson's a guy you can get in the later rounds. Like whisper, whisper, keep it down on the low so you can get him. You know, if you're doing live drafts, don't even mention his name all day. <laughs> you know, I definitely feel like, you know, he's going to be one of those guys that are going to be a steal. You're going to be like, holy hell, yes. But, um, yeah, Cooper Cup, you know, you know what you're getting out of him. Nice little video that we seen today with Stafford and him in the end zone, which was an amazing catch. So I think you're going to get a lot more touchdowns out of Cup. And then Robert Woods has been consistent the last three years, so you know you're getting 120 plus targets. So yeah, and you're gonna don't, get some rushing attempts. Don't bring it up. You're gonna get some rushing. <laughs> are, are you gonna draft two two Atwell because he might do an end around, Eric? Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna see four jet sweeps and that's it. <laughs> so so the backstory: Robert Woods scored a rushing touchdown week two, and I texted John and he said, "I bet you the rest of the season he doesn't have another one." And in like week nine, I'm just sending him that Venmo request. <laughs> got one more it's not like he got three more okay but that you're That's you're right. building you're building yeah. in two rushing touchdowns two, two two's going you're to building in now. two rushing touchdowns your projections you're going to yeah. be wrong eric all right well two two's going to take those away now it sounds like there's a good chance of that <laughs> let's uh let's move to another team here because i want to be efficient with time let's go to brad first here let's talk about the cardinals and let's talk about 
Uh, you got DeAndre Hopkins, and then you got a whole bunch here. AJ Green, is there anything left in the tank? Christian Kirk, is he just a DFS guy? Andy Isabella, is he ride the bench? But then obviously you have Rondell Moore, who one of my favorite rookies in this class and could be relevant this year. And then you have Max Williams as their tight end. So I think we can expect D-Hop probably a top five receiver in terms of production right around there. But what about the rest of this team, Brad? Uh, do you see anybody being a solid number two or anybody that's worth rostering? I really don't. You know, the only interesting pass catcher to me is DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think he was wide receiver nine last year, and he's top four in ADP this year. That's a little high for me to take a wide receiver, but I get it. You know, he's about as sure thing as they come. Um, he's going to remain the primary red zone target as well. It's not like they have, you know, a tight end worth worth getting. Um, Rondell Moore and A.J. Green both scare me a lot. So they have got ADPs of 67 and 79, respectively. And I'm expecting about 50 to 60 targets in a year for both of them. So drafting what? them that high. Yeah, yeah. So drafting them that high for like three to four targets a game isn't the kind of bet I'd like to make because they're going to be splitting with, you know, Christian Kirk and probably Isabella will get in the mix. Like, I, I just think there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen there. So uh, I think they could both end up being busted at that I'm AMP. surprised AJ Green was was that high. I was getting ready to say, well, no, Brad, I just take a late round flyer on him, but it's not he's even not that. a late round. No, it's not even that. Because <laughs> everybody's thinking like, okay, he's got Kyler Murray now. He's going to sling it. That's going to raise his ADP, and there you go. Like he he easily becomes a buzz. Yeah, his name is selling. He's yeah, yeah those, exactly. One of those guys where his name still sells. But he's got I don't that history, he, so I don't think he's going to be like terrible. Like I really think he's going to be better than what we saw last season. You know sure, I, mean? like, I think so too. If he's healthy, and and he'll get you know he'll get a few he'll get a couple touchdowns and he'll get some nice big catches and. He'll be there, you know, in the fourth quarter to get some targets. But in terms of where he is in the pecking order, I, I think it's it's going to be He'll be, be the best decoy in the game. <laughs> I mean, That's a good way to put it. Because a lot of those targets last season weren't on par for him. Like, if you look at his true catch rate, it's really only 16 balls that he didn't get his hands on, which is not great. Not terrible either. It's like right there to where, you know, I really think he could still produce. And I really feel like, you know, with all the drama there, he wanted the contract and you've seen the attitude he had towards the team on the bench, talking about trade me, et cetera. It was a lot going on. So maybe this is the fresh start he needs. I just I just don't see I don't see the room for him because like, he he doesn't play in the slot. He plays on the outside and mm-hmm. the outside is going to be D hop and probably Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore. And I, I just. He's going to get like his packages and he'll get his few targets a game, but I just don't see, I don't see the path for him to become, you know, that AJ green name brand that we, yeah. that we've come to know. And at, you know, at 79 ADP, that's, that's just, that's a tough bet. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks next. Eric, I'm going to set you up and you can tell me what you think here. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, drafted Dwayne Eskridge with pretty much some high draft capital. So you would expect he's going to be somewhat involved as the third wide receiver. They also have Gerald Everett for those that have been under a rock and don't realize he's their starting tight end this year. DK Metcalf is right now projected to be a top five wide receiver. Gerald Everett, I don't know, could he sneak in the top seven or eight potentially? But let's take a look first at DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, who were seven and eight in terms of total points, and they were wide receiver 10 to 12 in points per game. So they're, again, both top 12 wide receivers last year. The production for these two last season was so split, you had a 25.2% target share for Tyler Lockett, a 24.5% target share for DK Metcalf, so less than 1% difference. Then the next closest target share was David Moore at 8%. So a huge two for those two guys up there. Everybody else kind of getting the scraps. Then you have 11 touchdowns from Metcalf, 10 from Lockett. 133 targets from Metcalf, 137 for Lockett. But we know that Tyler Lockett is that boom-bust guy is going to have four touchdowns on 19 targets one week. And then for the next three weeks, he's going to have a combined 12 targets for four catches or whatever the case may be. Uh, So... You have Those the, were awfully specific, David. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the, the more consistent weekend week out Metcalf, and you have the boom bust Tyler Lockett. Right now, you have he's go right now you have Metcalf as wide receiver five, Tyler Lockett going as wide receiver 18. 
I have Metcalf a little lower than I am kind of closer to actually the bottom tier of the, of the top 10. And I have Tyler Lockett way down at wide receiver 31. I think the addition of Dwayne Eskridge and Gerald Everett is going to help balance out targets. And he's going to be the one to suffer more than the other guys. So doc, anything I said that you disagree with, what do you expect from these Seahawks? No, I think you hit nail on the head. I mean, Metcalf and Lockett had 47.2 of the total receptions last year. Chris Carson was actually third with 37. He had two more than David Moore. I do think Eskridge is going to dip into it a little bit. I think Lockett's going to be the one that suffers more. He had a 30. Listen to me. Uh, No, no, but you said you said you had DK Metcalf. With more than your ears, Eric. You said you had Metcalf lower than the consensus. I think Metcalf is going to be fine. I, I think, said I, I, I said I had like nine or ten instead of wide receiver five. I didn't. Yeah, say I, I think I, I think he's going to be around wide receiver five because Lockett had a thirty-seven, fifty-three, and thirty-three point uh, PPR games last year, but he had seven games under ten. I don't think you can bank on those huge games year in and year out. And I think Eskridge, he's five nine, one ninety. I think that's more of a threat to steal Lockett's position than it is Metcalf. So I would have Metcalf around wide receiver five, wide receiver six. And maybe lock up a little longer than 20. <laughs> That's enough. And also, saying Gerald Everett is a threat, he's a blocker, David. Bruh. He's good at blocking. That's true. Yeah. He's going to, Gerald Everett was not signed to this contract just to block. You know, he's going to be catching passes. Uh, That's he, a good point. He's going to be blocking because the O line is there is trash. So yeah. They David. need everything they can to help out Russell Wilson. So he's he, could, blind. he couldn't well, even take over Tyler Higby, okay? <laughs> <laughs> John, let's have you finish this out so we can move to the last parts of the show here. Tell us all we need to know about the 49ers who uh, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I don't think there's anybody else in that offense that I would expect to uh, to contribute unless I'm forgetting somebody. Yeah, I mean, Kittle's going to be your tight end three. So, you know, definitely worth, worth grabbing a top tier tight end because that's the hardest position to predict. Uh, predict. Brandon Ayuk's going to be the number one uh, player, and I've said this a ton of times, and I'll say it again. You know, second-year players who get a real training camp finally have such a high ceiling, so I'm extremely high on a Brandon Ayuk, regardless of who ends up starting, even if it's Garoppolo or if, if it's Trey Lance, uh, you know, learning the reins a little bit. Um, I do see Debo as more of like a high-floor guy, almost like a He's going to get some catches. He's going to get some yards. He's not really going to win you your week, but he's not going to lose you your week. Like there's going to be no harm in plugging and playing him in week to week. And then um, I did just want to put uh, Jalen Hurd is on my do not draft list. If you're entering your third season and you haven't played a single game yet, like no, steer clear. (laughs) That's good advice. I can't argue with that. But on that note, let's close the book on these division previews and let's go to the question of the week. Now, I played that specifically. LQ, do you know what that's from? No. Have you heard of the Super Friends? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, see, there we go. I knew LQ would know what they <laughs> This whole panel did not know what the Super Friends were. I knew what it was. That's like a super throwback. I don't I don't know. I still don't know what it is, David. I, I haven't even I haven't given it a Google. The only thing I Googled was I saw it ran for half a year in 1973 or something. So <laughs> I, I don't want to hear I don't want no guff. Uh, well, you gotta watch an episode. That's your homework assignment. But we are, of course, sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. We are now official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code triple play and get up to a hundred dollars of your deposit match when you become a new user and use that code. And if you're looking to win some cash, make sure you follow the Monkey Night Triple Play shows each weekend to give you a 10 to 15 minute lock of the week, kind of looking at the gaming landscape of things. I totally butchered that, but that's okay. Just make sure you check those out because Brad hit on all his picks last week. So if you listen to Brad, you might win some money. If you do the opposite of what Eric says, you might win some money. So (laughs) there you go. All right. So our question this week. Which NFL player do you think has bars if you gave him a beat? LQ, you're the guest, so we're going to start with you. Who is that player? Cole Beasley, 100%. No, 100%. no, what, he's going to do an anti-vax anthem or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> Cole Beasley got bars, bro. Is Cole Beasley anti-vax? Cole, Cole Beasley looks like a CTE rolling shit from Shit's Creek. <laughs> 
Johnny. Oh, man. I need, I need the, uh, I need the backstory to all this uh, Cole Beasley hate, Johnny. He's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> uh, when did go. that come out? He, he was said, he like tweeted that he w- didn't want to get the COVID vaccine. Yeah, he, he, he got a, he, he got he got a lot of hate for that. Yeah, Doc. What about you? That's a pretty good pick. Where are you going with yours? Yeah, I, I can't follow up with that. I was jokingly going to say Russell Wilson because he's the corniest dude in the NFL. Oh <laughs> but I think I think Leonard Fournette. I think playoff Lenny when he gets Leonard zone, Fournette does not seem like he can rap. I, I don't know. I think I think when he's playoff Lenny when he's in the zone, if you were to hand him the mic, he could rattle off a couple. Beats. So if I'm in the zone, I can I can rattle off a rap. No. <laughs> You're not playoff Lenny. Anybody's in the zone. You're not playoff Lenny, David. Go to the next person. You're ugly. (laughs) Go ahead, Brad. His reason doesn't make sense. I couldn't even. I couldn't even think of one. The the first the first person (laughs) that comes to mind is like, I don't know, like Antonio Brown. Didn't he have a little career he was trying to get off the ground? Oh my god! So I don't know. Timothy. That I think that was the. (laughs) I think that was his album, Timothy. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trash, hot garbage. <laughs> there was a. I think, I think he had a song that was like "No White Women." Yeah, uh, twenty twenty. Baby dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't uh, Le'Veon Bell and uh, Deshaun Jackson both rap? Yeah. Le'Veon Bell does. Yeah. Bell does. Yeah. Is he good? I, I thought I he to he's okay. He's he's in that Dame Lillard category where it's like, yeah, they're not Dame's amazing. Good, Dame is good though. Dame's good. I mean, Lev Bell is good. Mitch, I wasn't. No, yeah, I wasn't going to say anybody like listens to it. like nobody yeah. like, like throwing in that Dame Lillard. Like I put it in my yeah. headphones so nobody can hear it, but I wouldn't be in right. the car. <laughs> 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 wouldn't be that they hear it. I See, respect for, that. For this question, I didn't know you could already say somebody that raps that changes the answer. I mean, if you think they got bars, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, Antonio Brown doesn't really count. <laughs> <laughs> John, did you have an answer? Or- did I already say it? I I think uh, Darren Waller allegedly has a rap album as well. So I was just going to oh. go with him. You know, he's got a life story. Why he not does. rap about it? He'd be like sure. the, like the football players. Uh, I, I definitely, there are some actually some pretty good ones out there, but it was uh, actually great selection from all you guys. What I did wanted you have? I said uh, Le'Veon Bell or Deshaun Jackson. Okay, I thought you were just asking the question. I didn't know that was actually your your pick. No, that was my. If I wasn't those two, I wasn't prepared. So <laughs> that was that was my throw-in answer. Before we get to the game of the week, we are auctioning off our Scott Fishbowl entry here again. We raised nearly a hundred fifty dollars in the twenty-four hours we put up the thing. So very happy for everybody that contributed. I already ahead of time have our hundred-yard rush with everybody's name on the left side of the screen that you can see. David, get the, the thing out of yeah, the way. Yeah, let me get, thank you, Johnny. Let me get the our background here removed so you can see this beautiful thing, this beautiful 100-yard rush. There we go. So I'll put it full screen so everybody can see. How many times should I shuffle the board, guys? Three. Three? Seven times. <laughs> Seven. Sevens. So that Sevens. means 37 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope you you don't have dial up or something, David, it'll do it individually. <laughs> the question, there we go. Can I not shuffle? My computer will not let me shuffle it. So it looks like we're, uh, we're going oh, all in on zero. <laughs> Live TV. <laughs> all right. Are you guys ready for this? I'm going to actually put us on the screen because I want us to see our reactions here when they, uh... okay. <gasps> <laughs> oh my God, it's tied. <laughs> We're not giving anybody the higher luck chance of winning. One minute. Normal. Sp- we I will do fast speed. Yeah. Boom. One minute. I, I've never seen this website before, by the way. Right. Here we go. Great. Two. One. Everybody's using this, so I just hopped in. Oh, oh man. It, it oh, even wow. has to move in their little legs. We should start, we should start <laughs> betting on them this. Go. It, do it. Look, Eric, run off. I, I feel like Lee this left. should just be a recurring segment. <laughs> I agree with that. Dude, this is kind of a, Eric. I feel like Eric might have a comeback in him. I like I like Dap Scout. I'm taking Dap Scout plus plus eight hundred. I'm taking Duff. I'm taking Duff. Duff is not there. even a chance. Oh, Brad, oh, oh, 
Oh, oh wow. Wow, didn't even come in second or fourth or fifth <laughs> or sixth. Wow, he really he really lost and fumbled the bag there at number number six. Oh man. <laughs> oh, shout out to Scout Brad. Um glad that yeah. wasn't your monkey knife fight, uh, monkey knife fight. <laughs> oh, he really he really picked up speed at the end, too. <laughs> Sad. There we go. All right. So if it's Davius, if you're watching, the spot is yours. If you're not watching, I'll make sure I DM you and make sure we get you that that spot but we thank everybody for donating to have 10 people donate was awesome so we really appreciate that uh that was fun yeah maybe we'll make that yeah, that was fun i i kind of want to do that again with other stuff <laughs> we should just have we'll do, do that for a whole hour do, do it for draft <laughs> order do it for draft order that'll be good tv all right lq it's our last Ooh, segment of the not night. a bad idea wait that's how i'm going to do my rankings <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Z2 Fantasy. LQ, <laughs> our last segment of the night here. And I took my soundboard away, so no drop for it. But Johnny's hosting the game. So what are we playing tonight? Oh, that means Eric, only one you, thing. You know what we're playing. That's only you know, one thing. There's, there's uh, coaches are modern day philosophers. And so I have five quotes here by various coaches and or philosophers. And we'll just sort of go around the horn Take your guess. You get a bonus point if you get the coach or philosopher correct. So you get two points. Um, I don't keep track of your score. I'm not your mother. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And to start it off. the same verbiage to introduce (laughs) the game. We'll start it off with our first one here. Um, I can control my passions and emotions if I can understand their nature. Who starts? David, you start. Can you repeat the quote again? I can control my passions and emotions if I can understand their nature. That's a definitely a philosopher. I'm going Socrates. LQ? Uh, Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Doc? I'm going Coach, and I'm going Vince Lombardi. I'm going um, philosopher Descartes. This is philosopher Baruch Spinoza. Not mm. a real person. I'm getting that. <laughs> I'm that. You can Google him. You can Google him. Uh, on, the next one is only one man ever ever understood me, and he didn't understand me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say this is um, I'll say this is a coach, and I'll say it is Don Shula. LQ. Man, Little Wayne. <laughs> Jesus, this is some good stuff. <laughs> that sounds like a Mike Ditka quote. I'm going to go Coach Parcells. That is philosopher G.W.F. Heigl. All right. Huh. Yeah, like how are we supposed to... LQ, we've done this show, like we've done this game probably like three or four, at least three, at least three or four times. And I learned all these philosophers just from how many times I sucked at it. So yeah. <laughs> I don't these are bad. definitely, these are definitely, those two are, are certainly not well-known philosophers. Uh, my next one I've got here is uh, you never say never to nothing. That's a coach. Uh, yeah. I was going to say that's a coach. You're not going to do three philosophers in a row. And I'm going to say that's Bill, I Bel- do. Bill Belichick. <laughs> I'm going to go Pete Carroll. Mike Tomlin. I'm going to go Jimmy Johnson. That is Coach John Gruden. Oh. Damn. Right, well, I've got two. And yeah. our second to last penultimate is you must continue to dream the wild dream you dreamed when you were young coach and i'm gonna go with andy reed 
Mike, uh, no. Damn, I don't know. Sean McVay. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, go with the team, the team coach. I like it. Coach Bill Parcells. I'm gonna go. That sounds like something Tony Dungy would say. That is something Mike Tomlin has said. Oh, I said Mike. I said Mike. I'm like, yeah. I know. I was wondering if you were going to say Tomlin. I was, not I was like, no, no. Oh, man. I was one late so, on that. Uh, what are the scores? I have three. Zero. <laughs> I got no counting. You get a point. I know. I know you never count. You, you never count your scores, Brad. That's true. <laughs> well, I so it's three to two. For the Mendelssohn's. I think LQ, because you guessed coaches the last two. You yes. just haven't gotten the coach, right? So you have oh, two yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got two. So three, two, two. All right. So the last one is when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. Philosopher Plato. <laughs> <laughs> I only know that because of how many I've gotten wrong. Again. Oh, my God. Uh, I think I know this one, actually. Do you think you do? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, I'll give uh, you the win if you get it, just because that would be right. fantastic. Bill Belichick. Uh, I have to go different than David to try to win. Coach Lombardi. Wasn't um the I think, therefore I am, wasn't that Descartes? Isn't that, I feel like you just said the same thing. Say it again. No, this, no, this is when I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. I'm still going Descartes. No, it's it's some Lao Tzu, and you guys oh. never listen. I always tell you, I always have a Lao Tzu quote, and I leave it there oh, yeah, that's to right. make sure if you guys are <laughs> yeah, listening, and you still haven't listened. <laughs> oh, well, I remember next time. Well, you know what? I'll take the win, even though my sound. That's why I was going to give thought. you the win, Brad, because I was like, finally, somebody's oh. paying attention. <laughs> well, I will take my win, and I will ride that to the rest of the night, because I usually don't win that game. LQ, though, I want to say, man. <laughs> It was an absolute blast having you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. We truly appreciate your time. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys thinking of me again. And hey, I'm ready to come back when we got that movie, that movie buff show. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's do it. There Your we movie go. minutes are wild. That's for sure. Uh, anything you want to plug, of course, to the audience before we get out of here? Oh, yeah, man. I, I got some heat coming this week. I mean, be on the lookout. Um, I definitely got some uh, videos coming out this week, too. A lot of Cam Makers talk. Uh, Van Jefferson, I might do a video, you know, on Antonio Gibson, just casual stuff that I've been doing every single week. And talk about, because you just uh, had some breaking news today, right? Some breaking news. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll be providing video content for expandtheboxscore.com. So therefore, you can check out my stuff there. And yeah, there we go. Another there place with my face. <laughs> you do the, the video content's awesome. And not Thank enough you. people do that in this space. So you really stand out when you do that stuff for sure. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, we know we know our guy, Z2 Fantasy. Yeah. We, that's what I'm talking about. There you go. <laughs> that's a gif out there. I love that gif you got. Uh, but everybody, we, we appreciate you guys tuning in, watching, listening, however you consume triple play fantasy. We truly appreciate you. Next week, we're going to be diving into the NFC South with Cooter Doodle. So that's going to be a fun show. Until then, everybody be safe out there.